Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. All right, Eric, so the what if game. Uh, in college economics, a lot of times they play this game. Students are given a scenario, which uh, it's may or may not be realistic, and their job is to think through it and look for the potential financial hazards or whatever the case you might want to call it, consequences, I suppose, uh, that could unfold. So let's you and I play the what-if game. And again, some of these things might be plausible. They might not be plausible, but either way, we have to think through them. And that's kind of what happens when you're planning for retirement. There's things that may happen over a 30-year retirement that you just, you know, doesn't seem plausible today, but 10 years from now could be. So let's play what if. Okay, sounds good. Interest rates double over the next five years. What if they do? Oh, my goodness. You mean if they go from 1.6 to 3.2? <laughs> what will we do? Yeah. <laughs> Doubling sounds bad because um, a lot of people double like tax rates. Tax rates double. Yeah, that's a huge hit. But interest rates doubling, what that does is that will slow borrowing down. Obviously, it's going to be more expensive, but mm-hmm. it could be beneficial for people that are conservative savers, right? Your interest rates will go up on things like CDs and other fixed income types of securities. So that could actually be good for the economy. I often tell people, you know, right now is a great time to be a borrower. It's a bad time to be a saver. So that would reverse a little bit. But still, 3.2 is historically low. I mean, think about, you know, a lot of people out there listening, your first interest rate you had on a home mortgage is probably 13 14%, yeah. right? Yeah. So 3.2 is still low. So that could be going in the right direction. But what it also would do is negatively impact the value of bonds. So as people enter or closer to retirement, the the normal subscription or prescription, I should say, mm-hmm. for their asset allocation model is, oh, we'll shift money into bonds from stocks. Okay. Well, I think that's a recipe for more risk than what you probably are aware of because as interest rates go up, the value of bonds goes down. And that's all you're hearing from your current financial advisor. Oh, we're just going to put money into bonds or bond funds, which is even worse than owning individual bonds. You're not getting rid of risk. You're taking on risk of a different color. It's not as as volatile as stock risk would be, but it still has risk to it. In fact, Warren Buffett even said, you know, the next 10 years in the bond market is going to be very, very challenging. You need to find alternatives, okay? And we have great alternatives that we help our clients with in the place of bonds. So that's the big risk then. It'll be great for people that are trying to save conservatively like in CDs, but it's going to be bad for bondholders yeah. and bad for borrowers because they're going to have the cost of money is going to go up. It's still historically low, but it's going to cost more than it is today. Okay. Now, I've got some interesting ones on this, and I think these are kind of thought-provoking, so I want to tackle some of these uh, throughout the program here. So married couples, what if married couples under 30 end up with, on average, less than one child per family? And the reason I think this one's interesting, Eric, is because we're already seeing workforce problems, right? And if you want to also talk about the fact the whole college conversation versus trade, we are seriously depleted in our good tradespeople, electricians, plumbers, carpenters, so on and so forth. If we continue to bring, you know, so if you're talking something like this where families only have one child and often you're going to want to push that child to go to college and be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, which is great, 
But what's the economic side of that? It hurts us. So then we need to import labor from another country, which mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, bring people in from other, you know, the Latin American countries or all over the world, right? Every society needs a fresh batch of workers coming in. So, right. you know, if you look we at retire. this, yeah. and so this is one way that you a, a population changes is the birth rate, you know? So as, as, as industrialized nations such as, you know, the U.S., the U.K., Japan, as they start to have lower birth rates, then the third world countries, which have high birth rates because they want a lot of kids to help out with what they're doing, you know, they can really take things over. So it's just a balancing act. But, yeah, you could have um, some economic problems down the road. Also, the social benefits could be impacted. Think about Social Security. Social Security is based on people putting in, right, for mm-hmm. future benefits. Well, right now, for every person that's taking money out of Social Security, there's about 2.3 people putting money in. Back in the day when it first started, there was like 43 people putting in for every one person on it. Right. So imagine point. a point where we get to parity, where there's one person putting in for one person pulling out. <laughs> well, the amount you put in is not as much as you're pulling out. Exactly. So it's going to have some issues. That's why you need more workers in the system paying in. And you just need to replace people, right? The whole reason why there's a retirement age is to get you out of the workforce, right? Make room for somebody else. So if we don't have those people to replace, then people might be working longer, might require them, but it's really an importing of labor to handle those things. But to your point, yes, about uh, trades and that kind of stuff, that's definitely, uh, you know, the guy, uh, Mike Rowe, who I listen to a lot on podcasts and, and oh, love what Mike he's Rowe. doing. Yeah. yeah. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, you can still make a fantastic living as a tradesperson. A really good one, actually. Right. Yeah. For and there's no reason why yeah. people shouldn't pursue that, but it's not, it's not promoted like going to college is. Right. 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 But you go to college and you you exit with a let's say a liberal arts degree in I don't know medieval whatever some kind of French literature that, or whatever yeah right it, it's a degree yes you went to school you 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 know did everything you needed to get that degree but how practical is it to apply to some kind of job right yeah. right versus you spend uh, some time learning to be an electrician a plumber a pipe fitter you know a carpenter linesman you know. <laughs> yes linesmen are worth their weight in gold. Yeah, they can make decent money. Mm-hmm. Um, they can build a business on their own. They can, you know, and, and not have debt. You know, you exit out of college with, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in debt. You're in the hole for a long, long, long time. Imagine you exit with no debt and you start making money right away. Yeah, true. So yeah. maybe I should have said lines person. Either way. Uh, yeah. So let me do one more here and then we'll take a break. But I'll hop around on this for just a second. But since we just talked about you know trades versus college, you know what if Eric college education becomes free? Well, there's I mean and I'm doing free in quotes here because right. there's no free. Right. It's not free. Someone's paying somebody. For it. And I right. I don't think that that is worthwhile at all because anytime you give people then don't assess any kind of value to something if it's free right college when when you're a college graduate like my daughter just was right she mm-hmm. put in some blood sweat and tears into that did it cost her no because we picked up the bill for it. we're her parents however right. if it's free if she'd have to pay for it i don't know if she would have been as motivated to do it plus if everyone has a college degree then you're going to have low-skilled jobs that people with college degrees are going to be doing Right. Someone, right? Yeah, like, someone's going to be like, hey, wait, I have a college degree. Why am I doing this job? I should be doing it. Well, we ha- again, to our point, we have to have people in all you know, all walks of life. The same thing with raising the, the, the minimum wage. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if the minimum wage goes up, let's say it gets into a point of like this $15 an hour, right? Right. So if you have somebody that doesn't have a skill set that could do the job at say, 9 or $10 an hour, but now it's paying 15 well, guess who's going to start applying for those jobs? It's going to be these college-educated, you know, recent graduates. Mm-hmm. So now if I'm an employer, I'm saying, okay, well, i got a choice between someone that's just a high school graduate or someone a college graduate for $15 an hour. I'm going to take the college graduate, right? right. Because right. they've proved something, right? So it actually hurts the people it's intended to help. 
So if you make college free, though, another thing Mike Rowe has pointed out, which I like, is it? So let's say this person goes to college, they rack up $30,000 of debt, and then you wipe that away. Well, what about the person that went into a trade, used $30,000 to buy a vehicle so he can do his trade, or they can do their trade in that vehicle? Should that be waived? Wasn't that kind of money towards their future as well? Right, right. So how do you put a parody, someone that went maybe trades versus someone that went and got a degree in library science, right? Yeah, and I'm all for higher education. I don't think free is the right word. I think affordable is affordable, the conversation yes. we need to be having because it's gotten out of control. And that's the universities cutting the cost of theirs. Or people going to community colleges first before they go yeah. to a four-year institution, get two years out of the way at a lower and, cost. And what's the old saying? Like the hard makes it if, – if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's half right. the point of bettering ourselves is it is going to be hard, you know, so you do have to put some skin in the game. You do have to fight through some troubles. Uh, but I do agree it's gotten way out of control price-wise. We can figure out a way to make it affordable, but free, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yep. So, Eric, what if we experience another market downturn this decade, similar to the financial crisis of 0809? I mean, there's many people saying we are certainly due for something. Right, because the market ebbs and flows. There's always going to be something that's going to cause it to decrease. Um, whether we have something as severe as 2008-9, don't know, but potentially. I mean, there's overinflated things right now. There's the indicators, thing is, yeah. Yeah, if your plan has to, cannot survive that, okay? If your retirement plan would derail if we went through 2008-9, then you don't have an all-weather plan. You want to be able to retire in any economy. You don't want to be able to retire or just only be able to retire in a good economic or market-based economy, right? You want to go when you want to go. And so a lot of people you might know that had to put off their retirements because 2008 happened, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are still gun-shy. They're still kind of bitten from that. It's like when you touch that hot stove or that hot pan, right? And you're kind of leery of Hopefully touching Hopefully you again. only do it once. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> If you do it a second time, you might you might have uh, other issues. Right. But so that's what we want to do. We want to stress test that in in your uh, your retirement plan, and especially it's worse is if it happens right at the beginning, because when you retire, you got to think about this. You're kind of walking on this firm ground, this terra firma, right? You got this paycheck coming in every week or every two weeks or what have you, but you got money coming in that you pay your bills with and you live your life, right? And all of a sudden, there's a sign on the side of the road and it says, "Hey, welcome to retirement." And guess what happens? The next step you take after that sign, there's no terra firma, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you put stuff in place. Because why? Well, your income just went away. So now you got to turn on maybe a pension if you have one or Social Security. Or you're going to start taking withdrawals from those assets that you have accumulated, like a 401k and an IRA. Well, if those are still left in the market and all of a sudden the market is going down by a great clip, let's say 20 or 30% in a year's time, and you're spending that money at the same time, that's a recipe for disaster. So how can you put things that can bridge that gap? That's the key in how you can take income from safer, smarter places. So, yes, you want to be able to retire anytime you want to retire. Just don't want to wait on good markets. And if we have a bad time, you still want to be able to retire. And there's ways to do that. There's ways to put those in to insulate yourself from those types of market downturns. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of these scenarios, again, that we've, we've kind of talked about today, these are, you know, some of these are actually very quite possible. Uh, this one's kind of an interesting, I think the producers wanted to be a little, uh, a little uh, shocking today. Uh, so one or more states decide to secede from the union. I mean, there's some folks out there who say that wouldn't be a bad idea and others that's, that live in some of these states and say we'd love to, right? 
Yeah, I think Texas is the one that everyone kind of is waiting to see if they would <laughs> that's, do that. That's been a, that, that or California has always been a conversation, it seems like. Yeah, well, California, I mean, back in the day when I lived there, there was always the worry that the uh, the San Andreas Fault was going to open up and split <laughs> right. it and there was going to be you know, another California off It's like the, the old cartoons where they just saw off Florida and let it float away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What would happen, though, it, it'd be very, very hard for that to happen because there's so much federal infrastructure that is embedded in most states. You know, think mm-hmm. about military bases, right? Um, you also have a lot of federal lands that are there. So how do they remunerate the federal government back from that, from that uh, or do they charge them rent? You know, who knows? But I think it's just, you know, people are kind of getting fed up with the direction that um, politics has kind of taken. You know, it's, it's, it's uglier than it's ever been in the past, and I don't know why it needs to be that way. Um, I think based down, everyone's kind of the same. We all want to you know, be free and live our lives and raise our kids and, you know, pay our bills and those types of things. But, you know, with all the stuff that they're that a lot of the stuff is coming out, that's more this politically correct stuff, this uh, wokeness, if you will, is just driving a lot of people crazy. And they want to say, hey, I want to go to places more, more rational. Um, yep. We've seen a, a huge uh, upflow in um, South Dakota. People yep. have been moving to South Dakota a lot lately. I, I was just watching something the other day. Their their numbers are way up for people wanting to live there and, and visit there and all that kind of stuff. It seems the red states seem to be on an on an uh, increase. I mean, Iowa. Luckily, we're. I mean, I I have sent letters to uh, or emails to the governor thanking her for her leadership, and I think she's done a fantastic job. And so our state is actually we we haven't experienced it as bad as other states, but you got places like a California that are run by a you know just a I don't like him at all, but I don't think he's made very wise choices in that state. And so what do people have leaving have left there, right? They've gone mm-hmm. to places like Tennessee, Florida, South Dakota, Texas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. more that just have it's common sense based approach to things, is what I see. Florida had a common sense approach to the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, lockdowns, right? They opened up and what? And their economy's doing fine. Right. And, that, um, and that's a great way of putting that because I think a common sense approach to we need that in a lot of, of walks of life, but you certainly want that with your retirement plan and your retirement you know, advisor, right? A common sense approach because a lot of us just can't handle the X's and O's, so to speak. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's easy to accumulate the money as you grow mm-hmm. or as, as you, uh, you know, working and you're saving and that kind of stuff. It's how do you translate that into income in retirement and how do you avoid the pitfalls, right? The tax yeah, issues, yeah. the risk issues, the inflation issues, all those things. So you've never done it before. You've never retired before, right? Well, I've my firm has helped hundreds of families retire. We know the road that you're going to be going down. We know the concerns that you're going to have. Let us show you how we deal with those. Let us show you how we can, quote unquote, bulletproof your retirement, Right. So if tax rates do increase, if inflation does increase, if interest rates go up or down or the markets go up or down, which they will, you can have a retirement that would survive all of that. That would just be fine. You can retire on your terms. All you got to do is give us a call, come through the retirement register review and see how we can help you. So give us a call, 515-226-1500. Well, we got time for just one or two more here. So let me hit you okay. with a couple of these. Price of oil doubles. Yep. So what happens is your transportation costs go up. If transportation costs go up, then that raises the cost of everything. Because how does everything get to you? Yep. Shipping. On a truck mm-hmm. or a ship, right? Mm-hmm. So even though you think, hey, I just click a button and Amazon, it shows up and I don't have to drive anywhere. Well, people had to drive Somebody that to, to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So until everything is electric or working off of uh, wind or solar or something, you know, oil is what drives the world. So if that goes up, the cost of everything is going to go up. So there's some inflationary issues there. 
Um, hopefully it doesn't happen. You know, we are on our way to, you know, pretty good energy independence. We've been saying for years we need to drill our own oil, get off of the uh, supply from the Middle East. People that don't like us don't like our culture, but they're, we're sending them billions of dollars every day. We did that, right? And then all of a sudden now that's being shut down for whatever reason that they're doing that. So mm. having low-cost energy is beneficial to everybody. You know, we can tackle the environmental concerns. Um, there's some other ways to do that, but just shutting off oil is not the way. But if doubles, yeah, everything you have, everything you do is going to cost more. So, All right. So I think we can squeeze one more quick one in. What about if we adopt a single-payer healthcare system? Well, um, that'll get the people that are uh, uninsured uh, insured, but we'll be looking like we like Canada's got, right? So It feels very wait. similar to the college conversation, you know? Yeah. If everything is free, then... So it's going to overwhelm the system, and then if you need something, you have to wait for it. Now, I, th- I think it works for, you know, people that are hit in a car crash and go to the emergency room. So, yeah, but if you have, you know, a longstanding uh, problem, you know, a, a chronic problem, something like that, mm-hmm. you know, waiting three months, six months to see somebody is not probably what you want to go through. Because well, we kind of just went through that, right? A lot of folks out there might have had some issues, and over the last few months, it's very hard to get in to see their doctors. They're busy, True. and with COVID and everything over the last year, you know, if you have a chronic problem, sometimes it's hard to get in. I, you know, I know very, a lot of people that just had trouble getting there, and I feel like that's going to be, you know, part of the repercussions of that as well. So, what probably happen is there'll, there'll be a there'll be a splintering. The wealthy people will always be able to afford things that non wealthy people can't. So, what will happen is there'll be doctors and hospitals that will get off of the system because the only way to be a single payer is if you take money from the federal government. You don't have to accept those patients. You could be on your own. Right. So they have these private kind of um, health care organizations. Right. Mm-hmm. You pay. They don't take insurance. You just have to pay. Right. So that will probably happen if they go to a single payer. And so there's, you see some of that now. There's there's private health people that only deal with people that are able to pay or have their own insurance. They won't take Medicare patients. They won't take anything that's a government subsidy because that's the way they want to work. Or, you know, right now in Tijuana, Mexico, there's clinics that are open. They're all run by U.S. doctors. Right. They just drive across the border because they can do things there that they can't do in the U.S. So you'll see a lot of that opening up across the border. Probably if you went to a single payer system, be a lot of stuff on the border towns of Mexico because they'll be able to operate in a different environment. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Did you know that Eric Peterson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Retirement Ready Radio Show, Sundays at noon on AM 1040. WHO. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including 
including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.